I have been listening to Audible for years. It just started with a free trial and my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. And then once I realized how much I could accomplish in a day, like cooking for the kids, cleaning, organizing the house, you name it, um, while being entertained, I was hooked. It has all of my favorite fiction books, but it also has our favorite books on natural birth like Mindful Hypnobirthing, Birth Without Fear, Birthing From Within, Natural Childbirth, The Bradley Way, just to name a few. If you use my link, you can get 30 days free of Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally. And I suggest starting with Ina May's Guide to Childbirth if you haven't already, because that is a listener favorite. So once again, just go to audibletrial.com slash birthnaturally for 30 days free. Welcome to Birth Naturally. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Kate. And we are sisters having a conversation about everything from med-free birth to natural parenting. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at birthnaturally. I'm really excited to share my birth stories today, especially leading up to baby number three after a decade of not giving birth. And I'm planning a home birth, so it's been really great to look back at my hospital birth and see what I did like and what I didn't like and what I could take into my next birth. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. They say giving birth is equivalent to running a marathon, but what about being pregnant and building a company from scratch while taking on the multivitamin aisle? That is the story of Ritual's founder, Kat Schneider, who started Ritual because she couldn't find a prenatal she could trust. So I just started recently taking the Essential for Women multivitamin, and it's been great so far. They are super gentle on my stomach. I can even take them without food, which is just very convenient. And yeah, it's great because I just wanna fill some gaps in my diet, and I feel like this is exactly what I need. They're also great tasting, like the the Essential for Women multivitamins have like this minty taste, so I'm so not used to that. I'm used to that like not so great aftertaste, so that's been awesome as well. So although I am not pregnant, Ritual has a prenatal that you can trust. They are made with traceable ingredients. You can literally look at a map and see where all the ingredients have come from, which is super cool. And you better believe I checked that out and I loved it. And all of the ingredients are vegan, bioavailable, and clinically studied key nutrients for before and during pregnancy. They're also non-GMO project verified, gluten, and major allergen free. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Ritual is offering my listeners 30% off during their first month. Visit ritual.com slash birthnaturally to start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. So today I'll be chatting with Kaylee, who is my sister and also my co-host. We're going to be talking about her two unmedicated hospital births that she was less than pleased with. We will hear all about the interventions that were used with her first birth and why she chose to leave the hospital early with her second. At the end of the episode, she's going to explain to us why she's choosing a home birth for her third. 
So let's talk about Jude's birth first. Um, Jude is your 11, almost 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. So how were you feeling towards the end of your pregnancy? I was feeling, um, well, the pregnancy wasn't the greatest. I had, um, I can't remember what it's called, but where your pelvic bones separate. Oh, I know it's SPD, SPD but I don't know what it stands for. I don't remember what it for. stands for. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was painful. Walking around was painful. I just felt kind of miserable. Um, and I had had some preterm labor where I was hospitalized. I was supposed to be on like a modified bed rest, which was fine because I couldn't walk anyway because it was so painful. Oh, yeah. So time seemed to go very, very slowly because I was doing a lot of sitting around. And so I think it was about 27-ish weeks when I had preterm labor. And they had told me that I would likely have uh, go into labor early with him because of that. So around 37 weeks, my doctor told me that he was nine pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> without <laughs> an ultrasound was... or anything, but oh just gosh. by by touch and all that. It was, and I was really freaked out. Well, and that's never accurate, no, is it? <laughs> no, but I'm a first-time mom, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. like, holy cow. Yeah, like, that's scary. Yeah, if, if I have him even at, they say, a pound a week, like, mm-hmm. how big is this baby going to be? <laughs> yeah. So they said, any day now. Mm-hmm. So I was working, and I didn't have a, an end date. So finally I had to pick an end date, which was the day after my due date, because mm-hmm. I still didn't have him. <laughs> and I ended up having to be induced at 41 weeks, three days, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was 10 days over my due date, and then I had him 11 days after my due date. Mm-hmm. Wow. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that felt like an eternity. <laughs> it did. Every day after your due date feels like like a month. Yeah. And I, I wasn't working, and time just went very, very slowly. So um, I remember getting to the hospital to be induced, and I, I got there, and I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have an induction. Yeah. I figured, I'm already here. If I'm, They're going to make me come back. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let me go longer than two weeks. I might as well just get this over with. And they started Pitocin, which makes your contractions go from zero to yeah. really intense, mm-hmm. really fast, and there was no build-up to it. Yeah. And I really had it in my mind, the, my whole pregnancy, that I wanted a natural birth because mostly I was afraid of a needle. Oh, yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I can just, see that. <laughs> I was not convinced that it, drugs wouldn't affect the baby. So... Mm-hmm. So did you do any research into this at all? Like I did a lot of side effects or did you just have it in your head you didn't want it? I did reading. I didn't take any classes mm-hmm. and I just had it in my head. Um, looking back, I probably should have taken a class because I was, yeah. especially being induced, I felt really unprepared. So, uh, you know, I started off and things were fine and they got progressively more and more painful. And I remember there was no break in between. And I was yeah. mm-hmm. just like only a couple centimeters dilated. <laughs> so I said, oh my gosh, I can't do this. So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to get the epidural. Yeah. So, sometimes it feels like that's your only option. So yeah. When you haven't done any research into pain <laughs> management, you're like, I just need that. <laughs> I know. And I, so the anesthesiologist came in and he said, 
You have really bad scoliosis. Now, I knew I have scoliosis. I didn't know it would be classified as really bad. I mean, yeah. you don't look at me and I don't look like a No, you never know. But apparently my rib cage is uneven and something with my spine. He said, I'll try, but I really can't, um, can't promise that it would work. Mm-hmm. So he tried. And sitting and having to sit through contractions when, and sit still when there's a need. It's like, yeah, it's not who easy. came up with this idea? It's <laughs> very scary. Mm-hmm. And it was just what I feared. So it ended up not working. Mm-hmm. And I had what they called a, um, a pain window. So I was having trouble breathing because the epidural oh, wow. went up. So they took it out. And so I, you just said, never mind. I don't they, Yeah, they said, okay, well, forget okay. it. So they took it out. And... Um, you know, I was just, I was kind of just stuck in a bed because I had all these monitors on. Then I had the IV with the Pitocin. Oh, yeah. And they broke my water. And I guess Jude's heart rate got a little funny mm-hmm. because then as soon as they broke my water, they put a tube back up in to put water in. Okay. So I didn't know that was an option. I didn't either. Wow. And they also had to put a catheter in me because uh-huh. they wouldn't allow me to get off the up because yeah. I strapped all these monitors and oh they put gosh. an internal monitor on his head. So I had a catheter, mm-hmm. I had this tube that's putting water back in and this monitor that they, internal monitor for on Jude's head and all the stuff hanging out of me in addition to the IV and the, the, heart, the heart monitor. monitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like I was like strapped into the bed. When you're strapped to the bed, that makes it really hard to manage the pain. I don't even know how you were able to cope. It was, I don't even, I, I it just all feels like it was a blur. Mm-hmm. Because it was the middle of the night, and my then, my now ex-husband was just kind of sleeping next to me. I mean, there was nothing he could really do for me. Right. And I just, just felt like, okay, I just got to get through this. Yeah. And uh, somehow the morning came, and I was just kept fearing that they would say, you're going to need a C-section, because I just felt like it was this cascade of interventions, and I could just see the future, and I thought, it's going to be the next step. They're going to say, yeah. yeah. So anything they told me to do, and, you know, lay on this side, because the baby's heart rate, I, I would lay on that side, because I, my big, besides the epidural, my biggest fear was the C-section. Mm-hmm. So the morning came, and I remember feeling this intense, intense pressure, and my body felt like it was just pushing on its own so I said to the nurse and it was right around the time of their shift change I said something is happening and like I I feel like there's all this pressure and she said well stop pushing I said I'm not the doctor wasn't there the doctor wasn't there and the nurses were doing their shift change I said but I'm not pushing my body is just pushing (laughs) (laughs) and I and I thought that's what happened with everyone in labor I thought that your body would just push mm-hmm. I didn't I mean at the when this started happening to me I had never heard of that before mm-hmm. so I thought maybe I'm doing something wrong and like maybe I am pushing but I don't realize <laughs> I'm pushing like what is happening like, I don't know what's going on no <laughs> really, it just I was freaked out I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh they're telling me not to push it and it's just happening so yeah. I kept telling her I can't stop I can't stop <laughs> so the doctor did come in I think I actively pushed for less than an hour and he was born and he was fine and he was only eight pounds 15 ounces when he was born so this so was, was after your due date and three what three four and a half weeks after they told me he was <laughs> nine pounds at the time wow yeah so 
it all worked out fine, and he was, oh my gosh. So how long were you in labor after being induced? About 12 hours. Okay. So it wasn't wasn't terrible. I mean, it just felt like 12 hours of, there was not that buildup. Well, at the hospital, Yeah. Yeah, and there wasn't that, you know, and I didn't know any different at the time, Mm -hmm. but I, I remember hearing about people's induction stories about how it goes from, like, Zero to a hundred, yeah, so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe you had all those interventions. Were you aware at the time that you could say no, or did you think all of these interventions were necessary and you were just kind of trusting your doctor? I didn't even know saying no was an option. I thought things weren't worded to me in the form of a question, it was right, we are going to do mm-hmm. X to yeah. you. And my own, the only thing I could say was okay, or I, I didn't even have to say okay because it felt like that's what's what's going to happen. They were and going to do it no matter yeah, what you said. You're just a. That's a really inactive. sad thing to, for, especially for a first time mom, not have any clue what's going on and just feeling like, well, I have no say in this. I mean, it's your body, it's your baby, and you feel like you don't have a say. I really did feel like that. I didn't think that there was any other way to do it. So you must have felt that that labor didn't go very well. No, I was really, I was disappointed um, because I had, I didn't have a birth plan. I didn't have, I didn't have an idea in my head of what it would look like. Okay. I did want to, I toyed with the idea of a birth center, Mm -hmm. but my now ex-husband and my mom, our mom, were really adamantly against it and kind really? of scared me okay. and said, well, what if something goes wrong? You know, all the normal things that people say when you... Yeah, want a home birth when or you ho- birth anything out birth. of a hospital. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So they both kind of freaked me out, so I kind of pushed that idea out of my head. I didn't know that having a midwife in a hospital was an option. Oh, okay. That was going to be my next question. So you stayed with the same OB. I did. Because okay. to me, I, I didn't even know... It was the same OB that mom took us to. When, right. You know. When, that we always went to. Right. Yeah. So you didn't even really think about what your, what the alternatives were. No. I never, it never even occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. I well, just, you were young and you didn't have any friends having babies and no. really no one to talk to. So you kind of were just like, just, this is my option. This is my only option. Right. I have to deliver here. I have to go to the same OB. It's just how I do things. Right. And it I, is hard to make that switch. So I can see that. Yeah, it was, it was hard even... After I had my second, I decided years later to switch to a midwife for just my annual visit. Right. And that alone was kind of a hard decision. I don't know why, because I didn't even like them. All right, so that is Jude's birth story in a nutshell. Um, so let's move into Noel's. So he was also overdue. He was. He was, um, Jude was about two and a half, and Noel was due... He was three days overdue when mm-hmm. he was finally born, um, which did not feel terribly long. I wasn't in a rush with him because we had just moved and mm-hmm. life was a little bit chaotic and I didn't feel ready at all. I didn't have even a crib set up, but I knew <laughs> he wasn't going to go in right. a crib anyway. True. But I just, I, life was in shambles and <laughs> things mm-hmm. were in boxes. So my OBs decided that they weren't going to allow women to go two weeks overdue anymore. Oh. And it was only one week overdue 
I don't know what changed in the two years. Rules were changed. Rules huh? were changed. So they set my induction date for the day after he was it, actually born. Right. Okay. So I was so grateful that he came on his own. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like you needed another induction. I, <laughs> I was so thankful. I was so anxious. But the the day before he was born, I had my weekly appointment and without knowing what the OB was doing, he stripped my membranes. Oh, wow. They and didn't it was a, ask you. No, they didn't ask. And it was a, it was a group practice, so mm-hmm. you would see all these different doctors. And some I liked more than others. Oh, yeah. Some. I And at this point, I was a little bit more confident. Like, the one told me that I was gaining too much weight. With Jude, I gained 55 pounds. I gained mm-hmm. a lot of weight. And with Noel, I gained 49 pounds. I was much more active. I watched what I ate. I just... I just eat a, eat a lot of food and get away <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Everybody's eat that different. much. Though. Yeah, but I just, I knew, and I knew that I would lose it afterwards. Right. You knew you were healthy, and you're like, the numbers don't mean anything. Right. It's okay. So I kind of stood up to one, and I felt really proud of myself for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But that was kind of like the beginning of my, you can say no to doctors phase <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so I left the doctor that day, and I just felt off. Something was weird, and I felt kind of frantic. I needed. I went right to the grocery store, and I started buying a bunch of easy, you know, food to throw in the freezer. And I felt really I'm like, just I need to get all this stuff done. And you know, I went home. I went. I had to do some stuff around the house. Went to sleep. Slept fine. Woke up in the morning, and I had this overwhelming urge that I needed to paint the bathroom because I kept thinking <laughs> I couldn't bring baby home without the the. The house was, you know, wallpaper and blue trim, and it was a mess. You needed a lot of work done, it and you didn't lo- have the time to do it, no, so at least you could I fo- paint the bathroom. Yeah, I focused on one small thing I knew I could achieve, and I started painting the bathroom trim. And <laughs> Jude, I parked him in front of a movie and turned the air conditioning up because it was August, and I just started painting. And I could feel, you know, things happening, and I had some bloody show, and I just kind of, like, ignored it because I had never gone into labor on my own before. I didn't know what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And I was in denial, I guess. Yeah. So I just continued painting. And my grandmom called. Our grandmom called. Mm-hmm. And she said, you sound weird. I said, well, I'm painting. And for some <laughs> reason, she came over to the house. I guess she knew something, something was, was up. up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was three days overdue. And she would. She, we were talking. And I guess I would kind of pause and... I wasn't really acknowledging the contractions. She said, you should probably, you know, call your doctor. So I called the doctor and they said, you should come in, you know, because my contractions were regular at that point. I don't remember how far apart they were, but they were definitely regular. Mm -hmm. So I finished painting the bathroom and I took a shower and I remember the shower felt amazing. Yeah, I bet. And I, I had heard, you know, water birth and all that and I'd never... Had the chance to actually like get in the shower or talk right, with you, yeah. and it felt, and I just did not want to get out. I was in there for <laughs> so long, and at that point, a friend of mine, Amy, was over. Mm-hmm. Um, our grandma and mom had come over, so I finally got out, and you know, slowly, and then I said, "Oh no, I need to get a key made for for Kate because Kate's <laughs> going to be watching Jude." So we had to walk into town. <laughs> oh my god! So let me pause a quick contraction. Yeah, I, I did have a as we were crossing the street. I had a contraction, and I remember having <laughs> to pause and like walking through it, and it was Ooh. terrible. Yeah, 
So my mom ended up driving me to the hospital because the hospital was between our house and where my husband worked, ex-husband worked. And um, he was there way before I was <laughs> waiting for me frantically. traffic, right? Yeah, because by the time we left, it was rush hour. Oh, my gosh. And he's waiting, and he's calling, where are you, where are you? <laughs> and the, the nurses were really kind of snippy when we got in. Well, you called a while ago. Why didn't you come in? Really? Yeah. It was strange. And I had paint on my leg. I was wearing a dress, I remember. And I had <laughs> still had some paint on my leg. And what is all over you? And I was like, well, I was painting. And they were just this look of horror and disgust oh, wow. on their face. So they put, they monitored me and then they put me in, I guess I got checked into a room or whatever they do. And our mom and our dad were both there at that point for some reason. Yeah. And I just needed quiet. Like, of course. I really just wanted, like, you know, some people, it doesn't bother them when people are talking through their contractions. Mm-hmm. It really bothered me. Like, every noise just was felt amplified. So, my dad was trying... And, well, you were also pretty far along at this point. So, I'm sure that you were just like, you need to go. Yeah, and I remember dad was cracking jokes. <laughs> and nothing was funny to me at that time. Oh, so, no. So, I was so irritated. Finally, I kind of caught the nurse's eye. And I said... I kind of made it clear to her, you know, that they needed to go. So she, she said, you know, she put it, she was like, you know what? We need to clear the room out. Oh, good. We need to get ready. And you had somebody on your side. Yes, I was so, so grateful. <laughs> so I don't even remember. I remember a, the, when I first had gotten in there, it was maybe five something before, by the time I got checked in. And I was standing and I was kind of walking and like leaning over things felt really good mm-hmm. and at a certain point they told me I needed to be in the bed because I needed to put the monitors on me mm. and I needed to stay in the bed and I really didn't want the IV no whatever. well why would you need to if because I had groupie strep with oh, both right. of them okay but I really I wanted like an alternative I didn't know that there was an alternative um like oral antibiotics were an alternative. So I had to have the IV and then I had the monitor. So at that point they told me you have to stay in the bed. So I had to just lay there and it was, again, it was painful. And I don't know who came up with the idea of laying flat on your back when you're in pain. Right. It, it doesn't make sense. No. So it thankfully went very quickly and it only took, I think two pushes and he was born about nine fifty that night. Um, that is pretty quick. It's like under five hours yeah. at the hospital. So that's awesome. It was. So I was really anxious because I wasn't able to get the full amount of the, I guess, penicillin they give you for group B strep. And they t- said, if you don't get it, then we'll need to monitor the baby. Mm-hmm. So they needed to take his temperature at a certain time. And then, you know, so when I had him, it would have been like, Day one, you know, mm-hmm. they ended up kind of messing around and didn't end up taking his temperature until after midnight. So the t- day that started, it was day the next one. day. Yeah. And I, my, I could just feel my anxiety, you know, rising. I did not like being in the hospital. I wanted to get home to my toddler. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't rest. So I was kind of a squeaky wheel at that point, And I kept bugging and bugging. And they did finally take his temperature. He was fine. I wanted to stay for 24 hours. Yeah. One night. 
that was like completely off the table. No. No, no, no. They said... Because they're very, like, it has to be exactly 24 hours, so you'd be getting out at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. So, I ended up, the second night we were there, right, yeah, two nights, and th- I remember they took him to do a hearing test, and they took him for a really long time. And I didn't want him to go to the nursery at all. I just felt really... I don't, with both of my kids, right after I had them, I had this, like, overwhelming sense of, you know, I want to protect my baby. Yeah, Being in the hospital was just, to me, I felt nervous, and I wanted to keep the baby close to me. Mm -hmm. So they took him, and it was an hour or something, and I said to my ex-husband, go find him. Yeah, Like, where is he? I mean, a hearing test can't take that long. Mm -hmm. And this young nurse came back in, and she said... You really need to be feeding him regularly because he's lost weight since he was born. And at well, this that's point, that's perfectly normal. I know. And also, give me my baby then. I know. And at this point, I I was a little more experienced and I felt a little stronger and I felt and I was more confident and I said I know what I'm doing. You know, I I I breastfed my other son for 13 months. I felt really confident in breastfeeding, even though I know every journey is kind of different. But I felt like I knew what I was doing. I knew babies lose weight when they're born. Yeah. I know your milk takes a couple days to come in. but the Now, more... why didn't she know that? <laughs> I, I don't know. And I thought, are they taking the baby away to, like, secretly feed him formula? Like, at this oh point, gosh. I felt almost paranoid because yeah. I didn't feel like anyone was listening to me. And I wasn't being taken seriously. Now, I was, at that point, I was 25. I still was on the young side for, you know, having my second uh-huh. child. And I just felt like I was not being taken seriously. Yeah. And that my wishes didn't matter. So, I was bugging and bugging about going home. And I ended up calling our family doctor, who was also my children's doctor, and explaining... I, I wanted his opinion about... Yeah. Um, you know, the the risks of being groupy strep positive and right. with what would, could happen to the baby. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're actually more at risk for secondary infections just being in the hospital. I That's mean, everyone true. knows that. You know, you get yeah. people go into the hospital and they get sick with something else. And he said, just sign them out. You can leave. I didn't even know I could leave. So I signed out against medical advice and... The pediatrician on staff was so awful to me and told me, this is not about you. This is not about your comfort. This is about the baby and how dare you. And they weren't going to release any of my records to me because I was leaving. And it felt like I was being bullied. And one nurse was so kind. And she, I still, I found the envelope the other day. She gave me an envelope and she wrote on it, take to doctor, and she gave me a copy of his records. So I signed out, I went home, and I was just so relieved to be home. And I, I, I really wanted to have other babies down the line. And I remember saying, I will never go into a hospital again. Never. No. And were you like, um, I'm going to look into an alternate doctor at this point, or were you like not even there yet? Well, my, my doctor... The OBs, that they were, they were different ones that came in. They were actually very supportive about letting oh, me good. leave. 
Wow. The pediatrician who was not our my pediatrician mm-hmm. was the one that I really... He's putting up a fight to mm-hmm. make you stay. Yeah. Uh, I felt like I was a prisoner. Like, yeah. I really did. I felt like... Wow. And I, and I felt like in the back of my head, are they going to call Child Protective Services on me? Like, yeah. I was so scared. Oh, my gosh. Which is just... You already are filled with these emotions after having uh-huh. a baby and to add fear to it. It sounds like you had pretty awful experiences with both of them, feeling like you weren't in control of, no. the, of this situation whatsoever. Where Not at all. You completely are, and now you know that you have the ability to say, mm, how about we hold off on this? Or, I don't want to do that. I choose not to. And that's okay. You're allowed to do that. It's your body. You are the one, you know, driving this train. You can do whatever you want. I know. And I never felt like that. And now here my youngest is nine. And I'm remarried. And we're expecting now his first and my third. And so you are choosing a home birth with this one. A thousand percent. Yeah. And how does your husband feel about that? He's really supportive. Like, so he never questioned it? Like, uh, you didn't never. have to, like, talk him into it? <laughs> I kind of put the seed in his head long before we were even engaged. Yeah. And Just so you know. Yeah. If I have another baby, <laughs> it's going to be a home birth. I basically told him, this is how it's going to be. You will not find me in a hospital. I told him... You know, I'm kind of, I think that there's a time and a place for medical interventions, and I'm thankful that we have them, Mm -hmm. but over the years, I have become, I've informed myself, and not just Googling, but talking to medical professionals about the choices we have in in Mm -hmm. our our, our medical choices for us and for our children, and I've done a lot of research. I've read, I'm studying to be a doula now, Mm -hmm. and... I just feel more in control. So I've kind of guided him. Yeah. yeah. In, I'm along. Sure. Yeah, and I'm sure he was, he's pretty easygoing. So I could see him being like, you know what? I feel like you know what's best, you know? Yeah, he knows He knows how much I love my children and how I would never do anything to put right, a, a future course. child at risk. So I'm. there are fears for me that go along with... I think there are just fears... That are associated with childbirth, maybe for everyone. I don't know. Yeah. But I ha- there's just a fear of the unknown because I've never done it at home. Right. But you've Is done that- it naturally, and I think that's the most important thing. Like, you know what to expect. Well, I think just reminding yourself that this pain or this this feeling is for all for a good reason. Yeah, it's pa- it's pain for a reason. That's true. You're going to love, I mean, you're a homebody to begin with. You're going to love giving birth at home. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just the idea of not, like, the, of not having that, when do I leave to go to the hospital right. feeling. Or the anxiety when you're leaving the hospital and you're putting this tiny baby into a car yeah. and then driving. Like, that was so scary to me both times. I hated times. that. I, I hated, hated it, it too. Them, After, they're wheeling you out and like have I know, a car seat on your lap. Yeah, and <laughs> you're all like that shaking in the wheelchair. Like, yeah. I hate that. I hate mm-hmm. all of it. And plus, you don't have to eat the hospital food. No. And I just really 
look forward to not leaving my house for right. days and days. And, I mean, I think the best part is you're not going to be strapped to any monitors. You're not going to be getting, you know, hopefully not getting antibiotics, but you're not going to have an IV. You're not going to You can move around freely up until the very end, and that is the best way to handle it. I know. Yeah, and, and being able to eat and drink and not, mm-hmm. yeah, just anything that makes you comfortable. Like, right. that to me is, it's... It almost doesn't seem fathomable because my experiences were so different. Like, right. Well, I can't wait to hear more about how you are going to prepare. Once you get a little bit further along, we're definitely going to talk about, you know, the things that you need to purchase for your home birth and how you're getting yourself ready for delivery and everything like that. So that will be exciting to hear more about. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited too. Nervous, but excited. Of course. All right, well, thank you, Kaylee, for talking to us about your two unmedicated births. And I can't wait to hear more about how you're getting prepared for your home birth. I'm excited, too. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram at birthnaturally. Naturally.